This podcast represents the opinions of Whiskey Wheels Wounds and guests to the show. The content here is for informational use only and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult your healthcare professional for medical questions. Views and opinions expressed are our own or guests and do not represent any organization we are a member of. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statement or opinion made. This podcast contains explicit language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Whiskey Wheels and Wounds. I'm Sean Neighbor, nine-year United States Air Force vet. And I am Steve Vickers, 22-year U.S. Army veteran. I'm good. I'm good. Let's ride. Okay, boys, time for the show. And uh, today's episode is going to be an interesting one. It's um, the concept of sabotaging our happiness. Right. Yeah. I mean, and uh, more importantly, self, you know, self-sabotaging our happiness. And I think, you know, um, a lot of veterans go through this as well. You know, you, um, you get in a point of your life where you start expecting the worst of things and you get on that road and you just continue to lead yourself down that road because, you know, you expect the worst. So, you know, or you deem yourself to be worthy of the worst or not worthy of happiness or not worthy of uh, good things in your life. So you want to blow it up before you get blown up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, at a point in time, and I, I will speak from my experience. At a point in time, you're like, man, I wish, I wish I was happier. I wish, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, and then you get happiness, and then you're like, well, this ain't what I'm used to. This is not my comfort zone. This is I'm not in my wheelhouse. So you know, um, I'm much better miserable than I am happy. And then when you when you make yourself miserable and you're not happy that just sends us right back down that spiral of you know dark places bad stuff to make those dark places not be so dark when in reality we could just be like hey uh, let's uh let's try this happiness thing for a while right and you know there's in in my experience there's two different types of you know um self-sabotaging behavior it's it's the you know uh something bad happened to me in my life and you feel that it was warranted right karma fucking whatever 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 you you know like i've done bad shit in my life this is just fucking bad shit coming around at me you know what i mean and uh so yep i deserve this I'm going to take this and instead of, you know, doing a course correct course correction and say, okay, yep, that's all me. Let me, let me get back on track. You just start, you let shit power on you and, and, you know, you're not, you stay on that course where, you know, you're in a bad spot. And then two, you do course correct 
you know, after being at the bottom, right? You're like, okay, I fuck, I can't take this anymore. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get my ass in gear, right? And we've talked that, you know, we've talked about my experiences with fuck. Okay, I'm either, I mean, I'm gonna end it today or tomorrow. I'm getting my ass in move in motion, and. And then you do that and you find out, you know, well, fuck, if I made this course correction, you know, sooner, I would have been happier sooner. And which I don't think it works like that. Yeah. I, I you know, I think um, I'm a true believer that, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, me making that decision when I did led me on a path to meet my wife meet, you know, the things that make me happy today. And, uh, yeah. Cause if, even if you would have done that course correction prior to 2017, would it have really saved your marriage? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, might've made things a little different with the kids, but it would not have saved your marriage. So, I mean, doing it sooner wasn't ultimately going to make a difference in that scenario whatsoever. Right. But, for me personally, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you have to, um, you have to be willing, you have to be willing to open yourself up. Right. And you know, you have to allow essentially allow people to look at you the way you look at yourself. Right. And then most people don't look at you the way you look at yourself. Yep. You know, they're like, Hey, you're, you know, you know, whatever, um, flattering things people say to you or whatever, uh, for the most part, you know, there's, there's fucking ugly people out there, but you know, people tell you nice things for the most part. And then you're like, "Ah, I don't, you know, I don't believe that, you know, but you know, I was able to, you know, look at my, my, uh, my wife and, and get just, you know, I overshared with her. I, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to take the lessons I learned from my last relationship being, being, uh, withheld and all that. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, the fucking dirt, you know what I mean? And you do, you do what I'm, I'm going to overflow you with information. You make an adult decision. And, um, so yeah. So, but the second part of the self-sabotage is when you find happiness and you're like, well, fuck, I don't deserve this. You know what I mean? Like you, you quickly fall back into like, um, why, why, why are we not fighting? <laughs> why? Like, um, you know, and she'd be like, what do you mean? Like, you want to fight? I'm like, well, we're not fighting about anything. Like, isn't that a prerequisite to be together is that we have to fight about something? Uh, <laughs> it's the strangest fucking dynamic that we don't, we don't, I mean, we've been together fucking, uh, since 18 and we don't fucking fight. And it's the, the weirdest thing for me to get used to. And, you know, and she's like, you want to fight? Like, and I'll tell you early on, I did shit. I fucking self-sabotaged. I fucking, you know, I did some grimy shit um, to, to fucking for her to leave me. You know what I mean? For her to fucking 
be like, all right, that's one too many red flags. You didn't. And, want, you didn't want her to get later on down the road and be like, I got this motherfucking three hundred pound albatross hanging around my neck. You know what I mean? And it was like, oh, this this happiness is too much. This is a space I'm not used to. This is a um, yeah, and and you know. And subcon and I wasn't even like, okay. I'll I'll teach this bitch. Fucking, I'll teach her to fucking love me. You know what I mean? Like I'll teach this bitch to love me. No, like it was me doing, me falling into habits I was in in my past marriage when I wasn't happy, when I wasn't doing, you know, and 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 I was like, okay, let me fall back in. Let me. This is this is what I do, you know, and let me fall back into it, and then she. She'd be like, hey, um, if this is what you're going to do, we're not going to fight about it. I'm not living with this bullshit. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, no, that uh, that, that ain't what I was, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, so everybody brings, you know, insecurities and they bring baggage from their other relationships. And it's. It's about how you um, coexist, you know, and and she brought some baggage in from her previous marriage, and she's like, hey, I'm just, you know, she was over, uh, she was hyper aware of me not showing uh, interest 24 seven, right? Like, well, if you don't like, and I was like, wow, like I'm, and then I have to rebut that with, I, I'm used to living with a person I don't want to fucking talk to. Right. <laughs> so I was, I was married 25 years. Most of that is, you know, like we didn't talk a whole lot about nothing. I mean, we fought a whole lot and that was our dynamic. And it was fucking toxic. And, and so, yeah. So I'm like, uh, like, so then I would overshare and then she'd be like, uh, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. See, for me, my first wife, I put her up on a pedestal and it was, it did not go well at all. So when Brandy and I got together, I figured if I showed her the absolute worst of who I was and she still wanted to be around me, that was because she truly loved me. Right. That's a stupid fucking way of looking at it. <laughs> I mean, she did stay with me and she did love me and we've been married fucking 22 years now, but man, I didn't have to be a fucking horrible ass human being in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Chrissy, Chrissy will, she'll, uh, freely tell you, you know, she's married to an asshole. Uh, and, uh, and but, but, I don't, but we're there assholes. Right. And I, I take no exception, uh, to her calling me an asshole. Um, cause I am. And, uh, um, but yeah, we're there assholes and, but in the same token, like when we got together, I'm like, listen, if you're, if you're one of those chicks that think you're going to change a dude, go fucking find someone to change. I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm in the process of changing myself because I want to change myself. I'm like, if you think you're going to fucking, I'm like, nah, like, um, that ain't, that ain't how that works. And she's like, I don't want to fucking change it. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, good. And to her credit, she hasn't tried to change me at all. And, uh, and I think that's why our dynamic works so well. And also we're, we're a lot. She don't, she don't like to admit this because I'm a fucking idiot, but we're, we're more the same than we're not. Right. <laughs> and she's like, you know, she'll be like, yeah, we are, we are the same, but we're not right. And I'm like, why? Cause I'm an idiot. You're not <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, uh, I'm like, you see a lot of similarities between us, don't you? Yeah. She's like, that's the fucking problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and Brady and I are completely opposite. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's an interesting dynamic in and of itself. <laughs> right. It, exactly. But it fucking works. Yeah. You know what I mean? And each, each of you know your role and you play it very well. And, uh, and, you know, I've quickly learned, you know, self-sabotaging my happiness is, yes, it's hurting me. You know, yes, it hurts me, self-sabotaging. And, and, but it, it also hurts the people I love. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I don't want to hurt her. And, uh, so those, that bullshit I did in, in, 18, 19, you know, it, I don't even, I don't even look at it that way anymore. Um, because, you know, they say, you know, grass is greener. Grass is always greener. You know, uh, if you told me, uh, in, in, you know, July 2017 that I would be happily married in in uh 2022 I I would have fucking punched you in the face. <laughs> uh simple for I mean not not only for the fact of you you were telling me I'm happily married, you know what I mean? It it was um I was so far from the institution of marriage, you know, uh, it's, it's funny, like, um, and I was always up front with Chrissy and I'd be like, Hey, listen, I'm not fucking ever getting married again. She's like, like never. I'm like, like, like fucking never. Uh, okay. And, uh, and I would say, okay, uh, I'll make you a deal. Um, my last divorce cost me $35,000. And I have this uh, Miller Lite bottle. Um, it's probably three foot bottle, uh, plastic bottle that I have, a replica of a Miller Lite bottle that I've had since I was in high school. Um, I said, when I put enough change in this bank to add up the $35,000, I'll fucking get married. I'll think about getting married again. You know what I mean? And, you know, that just to, 
and uh, and we cashed we cashed that bank in the first time it filled up, and uh, it was like I don't know five hundred dollars a change in there, and it took fucking two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, "How?" You know, I'm like, "I'm taking all this change down to the bank and 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 cash it in." Oh, okay. She's like, "How much you get?" I'm like, 500 bucks." She's like, "God damn!" And uh, so, but then you know, by that time, you know that when I that narrative, I guess, kind of played itself like when I would go to her uh, family's house for you know uh, holidays, and and I remember the first. Uh, Thanksgiving, I went up to her family's house and, you know, her family giving me shit like, what's your name again? Stan or fucking, you know, I'm like, don't it like, I man, you know, Chrissy brings so many men here. It's hard to keep them. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm not going to be here long enough. You know what I mean? And they're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, I ain't going to be around long enough. Like, um, cause that's the mindset I was in. That was, that was the, and, uh, so yeah, I mean it was it was um I did not think I would be able to be happy enough to to uh I didn't want to ruin someone else's life. Yeah. And that was that was the big thing. I didn't Now a word from our sponsor, Ohio Cigar Mafia. Are you in the state of Ohio and a cigar enthusiast? Join the ranks of over 200 members who enjoy a good stick paired with a sip of their favorite spirit as they raise money for veterans. Ohio Cigar Mafia is a 501c3 who supports the Southeastern Guide Dogs. They allow veterans to witness a brighter future through the eyes of a service dog. Thank you, Ohio Cigar Mafia, for your support. Yeah, see, I I was first six years we were married. I was a miserable son of a bitch to be married to. Miserable son of a bitch. Like I, I know she had to want to divorce me a number of times, um, because I wasn't happy with who I was. And not only was I not happy with who I was, I was still dealing with all the baggage from my first marriage and all that shit. And, and there was just so many different things that that played into all that you know, short temper, like a, 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 just a miserable son of a bitch. And then, in, and she tried to change me a number of times and oh fuck you. You ain't changing me, blah, 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 blah. And then in 2007, um, I was in Baghdad. I looked in the mirror and I, I'm like, I, I don't like that motherfucker. I don't like the motherfucker that's looking back at me. So I'm going to do something to change that guy. Because I don't like him. And I didn't do it for her and I didn't do it for the kids. I did it for me because I didn't like him. And it only took three, four months. And she she really, not only did she notice the change, but she realized that the change wasn't, you know, me just changing for a couple of weeks to make her right. shut the fuck up. Like I was genuinely a, becoming a different person. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that's when we recommitted to each other and we basically just 
kind of started over from day one. We started writing letters back and forth and emails and, you know, just trying to, you know, get everything off of our chest. And in September of 2007, we aired all of our dirty laundry and we said, all right, from this moment forward, nothing before then is going to get brought up. Like it, it, it's water under the bridge. Yep. And um, it's the best thing that ever happened to us. Best thing that ever happened to our marriage. Like we, I had to hit rock bottom yeah. to make our marriage relationship rock bottom to make our relation, our marriage work. And yeah. now it's, if I wouldn't have done that, she wouldn't have been in a place to be able to help me when I needed her to be there for me. Right. And that's one of those things where, like you said, if somebody would have told me, you know, in 2007, you know, by you doing this, it's going to put her in a position to be able to help me. I'd have been like, whatever, you know, but it did, you know, if our marriage wouldn't have been as strong as it was the first time I had a night terror and I hit her in the middle of the night, it probably would have been done, you know? So it was huge. It was absolutely huge for me to make that change. Now, you know, just because I changed and made our marriage better didn't mean I still didn't fucking throw landmines out there to, you know, whether, you know, like I tell people, it took me three years to take therapy and my medication seriously. So every time I didn't, I knew that I was making life hard on her. Right. Um, But I just didn't want to be, I didn't like, I just didn't like the way everything was. So fuck it. You know, I don't have to do that. Um, and then again, you know, in 2018, when I started taking therapy and medication seriously, it made everything so much better between us. Right. And, and it's one of those things where they see the best of you. Right. And you're like, okay, like this, this is the motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, this is the guy I love. And, and, uh, and when they see the worst of you, you're like, okay, now I just have to weather this storm. And, the the thing is, and and like you said, she was there to help you, right? Um, the the biggest part is she was willing, right? Like, yep. that's the thing. Like, it it's one thing. It's one thing to be there to help you, and it feels like a chore. You know what I mean? Another thing is for them to be willing. You know what I mean? Receptive. And, uh, for them to, you know, it's not, it's not a fucking excuse, you know, PTS, depression, anxiety, you know, it's not a fucking excuse. It's a reason, right? And, you know, uh, there's people out there that use it as a crutch. I get it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm guilty of it days myself. Uh, but it's not an excuse, um, to, to for us to be in in whatever mode we're in that day depressed mode anxious you know uh manic whatever episode we're in that day it's not a you know it's not an excuse it's a reason yep. right and and it may not be triggered by anything or anybody or it, it you know it just might be you know it's tuesday morning and i just feel this way and you know if they're willing and able to not take that shit personally and, and just weather that shit. And, uh, but it's, 
you know, it's also a fine line. You don't want people to walk around you on eggshells right. or, or, or handle you with kid gloves. Yep. Um, but will, the willingness is is the key there, and she's willing to uh, help, and that's 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 great. And uh, and I think you know, in in Chris in in Chrissy as well, like she. You know her her uh, her stepdad was a Vietnam veteran, and he had post traumatic stress, and so she saw it firsthand, and she saw um, you know what it takes, and and she saw her mother's willingness, um, and uh, so she came into our relationship with you know with that in tow you know what i mean like all right you know i understand you're gonna need some time to yourself da, da 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 and then i mean even now she's very uh forward looking on a you know there's good weather supposed to be on thursday she calls her daughter you know hey can you you know pick up the kid on you know what i mean and She'll say, hey, good weather on Thursday. You know, you should go for a ride. You know what I mean? Like, she's that that forward thinking. So, I think um, something else that, that, you know, we brought up that needs to be, um, I guess, readdressed or, or reemphasized is changes that need to be made in your life can only be made by you um for you by you yep and and that goes that goes with everything i mean there's there's things you know the brain is unlike any other part of your body you know once it breaks you know there there's not much uh there ain't no spare parts out there there's there's no you know you're not getting a replacement um so once you know once it breaks you have to start learning how to live with your new normal as we keep saying yeah and and when it breaks it's not like when you break your arm and the dock throws some pins in it and put it on its merry way it takes a lot of um, work and responsibility by you to make your brain better because you're the only person that can – the docs can help. They can give you tools. But at the end of the day, you have to want to make your brain better. Yeah. And if you don't want to make your brain better, that motherfucker ain't getting better. Right. And, and, and that goes – you know, people – People that, you know, I'm, 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 I have a, uh, you know, I have an addictive personality, right? You know, uh, addictive traits, like, like you, you have, um, addicted traits. So I don't want, I don't want to take drugs. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I get it. But it's, it's, you know, it's a pyramid effect where, you know, you you have to take medication to allow your brain to to be open for 
the rehabilitation process. Um, cause if you go into a, a rehabilitation meeting, uh, session, I guess, uh, and you're angry or you're, you know what I mean? It, you're getting zero effect from it. So, I mean, I was a huge, um, opponent of, you know, I don't want no medication. Uh, they kept wanting to send me to the pain clinic and, and I was like, man, fuck that. I don't need it, you know? And, uh, but like you said, when you start taking that seriously, you know what I mean? Like these drugs ain't made to stay on forever. You know what I mean? And, and while, why people, and this is my opinion, why people think that the VA or doctors in general are just trying to throw, uh, medicine medicine at the problem is you're not taking the responsibility of doing the other things that go along with medication medications a tool a piece of the puzzle going to talk to people is another piece you know finding the root causes of some of your emotional difficulties is is a piece and through this pyramid building you know it it takes all this to get some uh traction for success in your in your um way of living right so i i think it's important to understand you know like if you're that guy or girl that you dropped your medical records off at you know, uh, the, the VA claim center and said, find me some fucking, uh, uh, disability rating. You're fucking wrong. You know what I mean? Like if you don't take an active role in your healthcare, you will not actively get healthy. Yep. I mean, it's just, um, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work that way. If, if, you're that if you're that person that goes into your VSO office and says, "Find me a hundred percent," you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, like I tell Sarge all the time. Rule number one to get a hundred percent: be a hundred percent. Yep. You need some personal responsibility. <laughs> you know, that's rule number one. If you're looking, if you're looking here, this is this is free game. Right for any veteran out there that's looking to become a hundred percent disabled through the VA disability system, be a hundred percent disabled. That's rule number one. Now, if you feel that you're a hundred percent disabled and you're not getting the, the rating you deserve, that's avenues you you know that's that's a gripe. But if you're fucking thirty percent, you know what I mean, and you want to be everybody wants to be a hundred percent. No shit. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, you have to you have to take responsibility of your health. And that's why, you know, the last few episodes is is, you know, self. You know what I mean? Self-sabotage, right? Uh self-isolation. Self-isolation, right? Because you're doing it to you. And if you're doing it to you, you can undo it. Yep. So that's that's the importance. We live it, right? Uh, again, we're not 
we're not doctors, medical professionals. The, our only expertise is the years we've we've lived this shit, the the years that we have self sabotaged and self isolated, and uh, so you know, um, anxiety is a huge component of uh, self isolation, and uh, you know when you're struggling with chronic anxiety. Uh, so many de- decisions are driven by fear, right? And fear of failing um, or fear of succeeding. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, you know, I I tell you, when in my, in my previous life, right, uh, pre, uh, pre-2017, right, um, you know, I, I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do um uh entrepreneur you know what i mean uh be a business owner things i had all these all these fucking ideas and and you know the people around me would would poo poo them right uh fucking you know i wanted to open a gun range uh, you know how much fucking insurance you know insurance would fucking break you you know what i mean just every <clears throat> every turn i would say oh let's I remember when uh, there was a um, uh, JT Barrett for Ohio State. He got a DUI, um, and and I'm like, and you know, we lived in Columbus, surrounding Columbus, and I'm like, you know, what would be cool if we got like a church bus, right? Cut a hole in the floor, welded a fucking grate in the floor tore all the material off the seats so it's just plastic seats, rubber flooring, except for that grate, and we just had a drunk bus. We drove around fucking, you know, uh, Columbus and just drove people to their fucking dorm, to the short north fucking, and uh, and then at the end of the night, you know, spray, you know yep. spray everything through that fucking grate, drop it on the ground, you know what I mean? And you're done fucking take it home park it whatever and uh, i'm like man that you know and then you know the the fucking level-headed people be like ah fuck that that's stupid bro you like what you want to be the person out drinking i'm like you know and uh so i allowed i don't blame them i blame myself right um it was it was easy to let them poo poo on your dream yep than to battle to right. have the dream. Right. And, and I'm there I've done it. Right. And there's, and there's been uh, this fucking podcast, right? Uh, we, we try to, you know what I mean? Like we each individual is like, Hey, podcast fucking, you know, I got fucking a ton of ideas in my head. You know what I mean, and then, you know, we decide to do it jointly and then fucking life happens. And, you know, we don't, we don't get on the mic. And, uh, so, prime example right there that you know and neither of us was poo-pooing each other um it was just a matter of well fuck like um unconsciously the both of us was like well all right i'm gonna prioritize that fucking fifth on my list and i'm not getting through three today so (laughs) yeah right so yeah i mean it it's it's one of those things where i don't blame them um you know i still i still want to uh you know, I want to be a bar owner. I want to be a, uh, either, you know, own my own bar or 
have um, uh, some stock or stake in a distillery somewhere, that's my wheelhouse. Whiskey is my thing. It's my it's it's, it's your what passion. I, it's my passion, right? So, um, and uh, but I I don't know. I don't exactly know why, you know, and again, my wife is like, well, I can do it. I'm like, what do you mean? Fucking do it. If that's what you want to fucking do it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You're supposed to poo-poo this shit so I have an out, right? You're supposed to say, oh, you can't fucking do that. You're not smart enough. You're not fucking talented enough. You you don't know enough. Whatever. You no, she's like, fucking do it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now it's on me to fucking, <laughs> now I got to fucking do it. Holy shit. So, um, so that's self-sabotaging, right? That's, it's, um, you know, cause the, the anxiety, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, fuck man. Like you, you'll fail at a hundred percent of the shit you don't try. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I mean, all those cliches are good. And I'm, I'm, and I tell you, I, 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 I fucking, I look at opportunities that, you know, I often sit, sit here and look at opportunities to buy a bar, to buy. And, and, uh, I'm like, I can fucking run a bar. I know I can run a bar. You know, and, uh, but then, and then I also look at fucking. Well, if I wrote, you know, if I ran a bar, would I be able to fucking ride as much? You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah. See, when it when it comes to Brandy, if she wants to do something, I'm right there. Like, whatever you want to do, honey. You want to go to back to school. You want to start this. You want to do that. Like, I, I won't ever poo poo her stuff, and I'm always there pushing her. But on the flip side. When I get my bright ideas and she's like, let's go, let's do it. I always find, you know, I, I don't think we can afford to do that right now. I don't think we can do this. I don't think we could do that. She has absolutely no problem trying to do something, you know, like she doesn't have that, you know, if she wants something, she'll buy it for herself. She's always trying to buy me things, and I'm always telling her no. You know, Valentine's Day, she got me this Apple Watch, and I got it, and I loved it. But the first thing I told her was, you're not supposed to spend that, like, you don't spend money on me like that. Like, I've told you before, don't do that. And it's the same thing with that. You know, my my dream was always to open a speed shop, and she's like, so do it. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, the kids were little, and. That's not something you do to you know support your family because you got to build it up. And now, you know, she's like, "All right, well, now do it." You know, and I'm like, "Oh, but my body." And you know, it's it's it, it really is the comp- if if she come home today and was like, "I quit my job. We're gonna do this. Cool, let's go." You know what I mean? But if I said, "Hey, you know, I want I want to start a podcast," and she's like, "Didn't go fucking do it." Right. And then I'm like, well, you know, but uh, like that's just the difference in 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 living and making decisions based off of fear. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. if I do it and I fail, I let her down. 
I put our livelihood at risk. Right. It's easier to just be like, meh, well, you know what? If I don't do it, I can't fail. So fuck it. Yeah. And, you know, and some people use, you know, other people's words as fuel, right? Good, bad, or ugly. And, uh, I think my biggest fear would be the proving other people's right. You can't do that. And some people use that as over overwhelming fuel. I will, I will prove you wrong. Right. Well, I, in a sense, I don't give a fuck what they think. Right. In another sense, I don't want you to be right though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care, you know, uh, you're dumb. I don't care what you, t- you know, like, I don't necessarily, you know, you're not hurting my feelings calling me dumb. I don't, I don't take it personally. Um, maybe I'm not smart enough. <laughs> maybe I'm dumb enough not to take it personally. Um, but you know, but when you say you can't fucking do that and I'm like, all right, I know I can fucking do it. But if I don't do it, you'll be right. And I'd rather not that, you know, I'd rather that not happen. Well, when you talked about that with the docs and writing, they told you not to do it. Right. Fuck you guys. I'm going to do it. But that's something that you had absolute control over. Right. You start a bar. Right. There's a whole lot that you don't right. have absolute control yeah. over. Right. It. How much? Yeah. In, in speed shops and businesses. Just because it's your passion don't mean it's the passion of enough people. So it also, we we talked about anxiety and how uh, self-sabotaging anxiety feeds, you know, your self-sabotaging behavior. It also feeds into your depressive state um, because when you don't, you know, when you don't do things that you want to do, uh, you know, you want to own a bar, but you don't own a bar. You know what I mean? The easy thing for me to do was build a bar in my basement. You know what I mean? Uh, you get your cake and eat it too type thing. You know, people come over here, they have a good time they drink whiskey, you, you know? And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, but there's some depression associated with that. And, uh, you know, it, it feeds into the not accomplished, um, not fulfilling, not, and it's funny, like when I was in the military, there was, there was not a lot of things that I wouldn't take chances. You know what I mean? Uh, I schools and, and all this, I did them all. Like I did every, everyone. Uh, it wasn't, you know, there was some I didn't want to do and I didn't do, uh, not because I was, you know, I, but you look back on it, I look back on it and there's some, uh, so it's like, I got, um, I got DA select, uh, department of the army selected to go to, um, recruiting school right to be a recruiter and i i didn't want to be a recruiter um i didn't i didn't feel the need to have to sell the army on anybody right 
I walked into a recruiting office. No one had to call me. No one had to, you know. So I didn't want to be a recruiter. Uh, I'm not a salesman. I'm not, you know, I'm too, I have too much candor, right, for selling some people on some fucking, you know, rainbows and butterflies that don't fucking exist. So, you know, by getting out of going to recruiting school, I essentially sabotaged my career, right? And I was told at the time, you understand this will be detrimental to your career. And I'm like, well, you understand me going will be detrimental to my fucking well-being. And, you know, so I got out of going recruiting. I won't tell my secret. Uh, you can hit us up in the comments and, you know, uh, <laughs> I won't put you up on that game. But, um, but then I also came down on orders to be a drill sergeant. And it was at the time the army was changing, kinder, gentler army, and I knew some uh, I knew some staff sergeants that were very mild tempered compared to me. Very, um, you know, they were even keel compared to me, and they were losing rank on the drill sergeant trail because fucking the higher ups wasn't playing that bullshit. They wasn't playing fucking kill private anymore. They were playing fucking be nice to private and let the fucking regular army units kill private. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm like, listen, you know, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to get busted, but I'm not trying to let some fucking dude off the street, uh, be a fucking ass clown either. So I'll just stay, I'll stay in the unit. And when they come to me, I'll fuck them up then. Yeah. The standard is the standard is the standard. Right. But you're not going to lose rank over somebody not adhering to the standard. Right. And, and just hearing, just hearing these guys like, fuck man. Like again, one of our staff sergeants leave our company. He goes to the trail for two years. He comes back to our company and he's now E five. He lost two years of his fucking life and has zero to show for it, right? He don't have a fucking, you know, he don't have a drill sergeant patch. He, he fucking, like, God damn, man. Like, no, nope. If he got fucking busted, I will definitely get busted. You know what I mean? Now, I, so again, am I, I went, I got on a plane for Iraq on drill sergeant order fucking unheard of and my brigade excuse me my battalion sergeant major um he became the brigade sergeant major which then became the division sergeant major so there there was there was some history between us and and division sergeant major came over to fort benning and he was like any questions i stood up you know he's like yeah and i'm like uh sergeant major star vickers you know Da, 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 da. I'm like, um, I'm I'm on drill sergeant orders. Um, I'm the platoon sergeant in my in my platoon, and the next highest ranking guy has fucking 
eight years in the army. And you're going to make that guy a platoon sergeant, right? Like, what the fuck are we doing? And he's like, talk to me after this. So we went and we talked, I, you know, with my first sergeant, we talked. And my first sergeant was like, Sergeant Major, I told him, you know, he he's deployed three times already. He did his shit. He needs to go fucking needs of the army and da, 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 da. And I'm like, and, and Sergeant Major looked at me. He's like, what do you want to do? I said, if I went on the trail and got word that something happened to one of my guys, I'd be ruined. I said, I need to take these guys. I'm like, you know, I train these guys. I need, again, it goes back to my, my superiority. You know what I mean? Like I get that. It goes back to my superiority complex and, and me thinking I can fucking save the world. I get that. Um, however, it's also me fucking self-sabotaging and not knowing it at the, at the time I'm thinking, well, fuck man. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're a army at war. I'm a fucking break glass in case war kind of guy. That's where I need to be. That's where I should be. And so, you know, like in your head, not going on the trail was better for your career than going on the trail as far as getting busted down in rank and all that stuff. Right. I mean, I would have, yeah, I didn't, I was naive to the long-term consequences. Uh, and I mean, I did get out of the army, uh, 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 an E seven, a Sergeant first class. I didn't get picked up for E eight. Um, even though I was a Sergeant first class for fucking, I don't know, seven years. Uh, but I also got injured and they also don't fucking promote fucking broke ass, uh, people. So, you know, you weigh that, you know, was it the things I did in my past or was it, you know, cause I had a broken neck. Who knows? A little from column A and a little from column B. Right. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I, again, I've seen plenty of, um, first sergeants, E eights, E nines, um, that I came up through the ranks with that I'm like, yes, I could absolutely be a fucking first sergeant or a SAR major. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't right. So that goes back to, to, you know, I, my views on my military career are a little skewed, right? Um, I don't, I have great memories of my time served. I have um, a lot less pride on how I served. That makes sense? Like, I, I, I can sit here and tell you stories all day about serving. I, you won't hear me say a lot about, um, like 
you look around my house, it's it's hard to tell what branch I was in. Hard to tell. Hell, I mean, hard to tell I was even in the military. With, um, you so don't have a me wall. I don't. I don't, and I don't have a me wall because I'm not ashamed. Um, I'm not ashamed of, I'm, I'm proud to be a veteran. Um, I, I'm proud of what I did, um, in combat. Um, but I did not reach my goals in the military. So you, so you were proud to serve. Yeah. You are proud that you served, right? You are not proud of the results from your time served, right? And, and personal results, personal results. Yeah. Strictly personal. And, um, I'm not one of those people that said this dude held me back and this dude gave me bad NCOERs and this, no, no. And in that, in that last, and I will tell you in the last, last two years, uh, I, I stayed two years too long in the military. Um, uh, a hundred percent fucking believe that two years too long. Um, I don't know why I went to, um, my last duty station. I should have just retired, uh, from where I was. I had a, the last two years gave me a horrible taste in my mouth. Um, about, uh, and a lot of self-sabotaging went on in that last two years. Cause I'm like, Oh, you're not, you're not going to promote me. Well then fuck, I'm going to give you a reason. You know what I mean? And, uh, I'm going to give, you know, you think I'm a dirt bag cause you don't want, and, and there was a lot of that. There was some stuff and which ties into this whole episode. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, you know, for the better part of my career, um, I love the army wherever the army sent me, I went and, and I did, um, what was asked to me everywhere. You know, I was a, I was a fucking, um, you know, uh, a, a good subordinate. Um, and, uh, until, until, you know, the reality of you are not going to reach your goal. And, and my goal was to be a first sergeant. That's it. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't walk into boards like a lot of people did. I want to be the sergeant major of the army. No, I, I went into boards and said, I want to be a first sergeant. And, uh, cause first sergeant is the last, it's the last echelon in, in the army, the last echelon where you, you're dealing with soldiers on a daily basis. And, and, um, and as soon as I was in charge, I knew that's that's what I wanted to do for uh, the remainder of my career, be in charge. So, um, but you know, I see the I see the self sabotage, and again, then I didn't know what I was doing. Now I can clearly identify. Um, and I can point to not going to recu- recruiting school, not going to drill sergeant school, um, as you know, those DA select schools, you know, who promotes you D- department of the <laughs> army, right? So, 
You're, you're if, fucking. If you tell them to go get fucked, guess what? Right. Guess what, Sergeant Vickers? Yeah. <laughs> fucking people kick rocks both ways, motherfucker. So we'll <laughs> we'll kick them, and you can kick them back. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I did. I'm like, oh, th- this is the this is the honorable thing to do. Go to war. I'm going to fucking like, you know, fucking drill sergeants easy than going to fucking Iraq and dealing with fucking roadside bombs or whatever. But it wasn't, you know, in the eyes of the army, it wasn't. And you know, early on when very few people had combat patches or combat experience that mattered, you know, in Oh three Oh five, you know what I mean? That mattered. And, and, you know, 2015, when I got out, everybody had fucking combat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it didn't matter. You weren't special. I was, I was not special, you, you know? And, uh, so the self, um, self-sabotage, um, a whole lot of it didn't. And, and, uh, you were, so I, mine's kind of not, not similar, but a, a similar, uh, a view, a similar view, I guess right. is, um, you, you know, I was in the air force by four years in, I had old sevens telling me that I was already considered a dinosaur in my thinking. Cause I had a very old school mentality to me, even though I was, you know, in my early twenties and as the air force transitioned more and more to that, I call it the touchy feely whole person concept. The more I felt alienated because the air force didn't bring me in to go take college classes and go volunteer downtown and, and, you know, do all that stuff. The air force brought me in to do a, a mission, a job. And I did that because the mission was always first. The mission was always first to the detriment of my family because I had that mindset that the Air Force didn't issue me a wife and kids. They weren't as important as my uniform was, you know, like that mission was more important than my home life because that's what I'm here for, you know. So as I as I I had a early on, I had an old chief master sergeant tell me when it stops being a way of life and it starts being a nine to five, it's time to look elsewhere. Now, at my eight-and-a-half-year mark, I hit that wall. Everybody else looked at it as a nine-to-five. Like, I would have been perfectly – if I would have looked at it like that and been accepting of that, I would have fit in with everybody. But I didn't, and I didn't look at it like that. And and it took six weeks of back and forth before I finally decided I'm I'm done. I I can't be who I am as a person – while having this view of my service. Right. So I made the decision to get out and I was at Hill air force base at the air control squadron on the North side of the base. When you come out of our parking lot and you rounded the bend right, there's the North gate and the flag, they have one of those massive 25 foot flags up there every day. When I made that curve and I seen that flag, I felt like a failure, felt like an absolute failure after I made the decision to get out. Like I'm quitting, I'm failing, I'm giving up on my guys like, oh, it was so fucking horrible and hard. And I wanted to take it back so many times, but my heart just wasn't in it. And so I got out and that was 2006, 2017 would have been my 20 year mark. 
and I could have been eligible for retirement. And I look back and it was absolutely 100% the right decision for me at the time. But there, like if I could have just not been so headstrong in what I felt that I should be as an NCO and kind of embraced the change that the Air Force was going into or been in, I probably would have had a very successful career. Right, right. And and like you said, we've met we've met a lot of people um out of the military that were those type of NCOs. Like you don't know but you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're telling on themselves. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where um yeah, I never treated I never treated the military like a nine to five um um fucking ever. And uh and, until I got to Fort Leonard Wood, my last duty station, um, that's when it that's when it became fucking uh, a chore and 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 that's absolutely why you said you stayed in two years too long because yeah. the and there are guys that their makeup is when you, you the true definition of the word serve right and then there's guys whose definition is a job right and and for us it was the true definition of the word serve and when it was no longer about serving it just felt wrong yeah. It felt yeah. violated. Right. And so here we are on our soapboxes thinking we're doing the honorable, the right thing. And then now, you know, we're older. We look back and we're like, motherfucker, did we hand grenade the shit out of our careers yeah. or what? Yeah. 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 And, and, um, and it started a, it, you know, it just started a vicious cycle because if you're going to do that to something that means so much to you, then, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't, um, um, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, again, I'm proud to be a veteran. I'm proud of the 47 months I served in combat. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of all that shit. I'm not proud of my, you know, uh, I'm not proud of how I allowed myself to be at the end of my career. hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm not, I'm ashamed. Right. And you know, and I've, I've talked this with other people and they're like, Oh bro, bro. you know, and I'm like, you're not changing my mind on this shit. Yeah. Um, you're not going to fucking change my mind. It's, if, it's, if, if you don't see it the way I'm seeing it, then you're just not wired the way I am. Right. We wouldn't have been good NCOs together. Right. Um, and, uh, but it goes back to people trying to, you know, people try to tell you good, you know, they're like, no, I, I didn't see you that way. Well, it's, that's fine. I appreciate that. But I see, you know what I mean? Like I see myself that way and that's, you know, and that's, I got very little, very little army shit around here. Um, and, and, um, for that, for that fact that, you know, it reminds me, 
And it's just the last few years. You know what I mean? It's the last few years that just, you know, again, it was the home life being bad. It was, you know, it was just a, a, a totality of shit that, um, I, I really didn't like about myself. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, um, I've been more comfortable with displaying some air force stuff since I joined the CVMA than I ever was before that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's like, um, uh, like when we were in the military, like I wasn't an Ohio state fan before I joined the military. Right. Cause they didn't, Ohio state didn't recruit much, um, in Eastern Ohio where I'm from. So I wasn't, a, I wasn't a huge Ohio state fan, you know, over there, Pitt, West Virginia, uh, a little bit of Penn state, but you know, Pitt and West Virginia was the two, uh, big schools, um, and I know I say that and people are like, um, they're not big schools. I, I'm aware, but you know, division one, well, they, yeah, <laughs> division one. I mean, and, uh, and everybody I played with, they went to Mac schools, you know, they went to the Toledo's and Miami of Ohio's and, and, and Kent States and all that. Uh, again, not big schools. I get it. But anyway, so, but you join the military and they're like, Oh, you're from Ohio. You must be an Ohio state. Fan. You know what I mean? Like, and I saw more Ohio state games when I was in fucking Georgia than I did in Eastern Ohio. You know what I mean? Like they, they just first, I don't know. It just seemed like, I don't know how many Buckeye games I watched overseas. Right. It was nuts. Right. So, and like it was, um, fan by association of being from Ohio and they're fucking on all the time, right? So, yeah, I think it's kind of that. Now that we're in this, you know, now that we're in the CVMA, you know, it's it's um, fan of our our branch, you know, because we give each other shit, and uh, and it's not the Navy, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's not the Navy. You got to make sure you, you fucking, get them jabs in, uh, 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 uh. but. Um, yeah, so I think it might be. Um, I don't ever see myself, and I don't begrudge anybody. I don't. If whatever kind of veteran you are, be that, be that, own that shit. I don't ever see myself as being the the Iraq Iraq War veteran hat guy at the VA. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't. Um, now, do I proudly display uh, U.S. Army retired on my truck? I do. You know, I, I proudly display my purple heart license plate because it's free. And, and uh, you know, um, which was funny, like, um, when I went to get my uh, handicap placard, the the lady at the BMV was like, would, would you rather the license plate? I'm like, no, I, I got purple heart license plates that were cooler. You know what I mean? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I I don't I don't completely I don't completely close that chapter of my life, uh, but you know what I do realize is the guy that I was in the military, the guy that uh, 
you know, if you ask anyone who ever knew me in the military about, you know, Sarvik, they have a, uh, they'll have some sort of outlandish story, uh, superhuman story uh, of me, which is, you know, 99% bullshit, right? But it's just one of those things where uh, they, they make it larger than life. And uh, I don't, um, the cool part is, you know, I did live it, right? I li- I lived and breathed and, and, and being in the military um, because it's the only thing I wanted to do. So the, the self-sabotaging, um, you would think wouldn't occur in something you, you fucking, <clears throat> you love so much. And of course, at this point in my, you know, in, at that point in my life, you know, both going to, going to recruiting school and going to um, drill sergeant school happened after I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. Um, in 05, I was hit with several IEDs. In 07, I was hit with several IED. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it, you know, the the brain injury wasn't diagnosed till years later, but, you know, the the signs and symptoms were were there from uh, around, you know, 06 or so. So, you know, um, to, be a, to be a drill sergeant, there's a lot of memory. Um, Uh, memory things that you know you 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 have to remember um, or memorize you know modules about you know different drills uh, so which I didn't think I had an issue with that um, I just you know to me it was more uh, self um, uh, self uh, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Um, helping myself to not go there than yeah. uh, than going. So yeah. So I mean, clearly, it just shows that not even even without you know the 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 more recent mental health struggles that we have, we've fucking blown ourselves up a number of times. Right, and and which it makes every time you do it. You know what I mean? Like I've 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 told people for years, the hardest thing to do is the pull a trigger the first time, right? When you when you're staring you're staring down the peep site, the hardest thing to do is pull that trigger the first time. You know, like when I hear stories, um, person person was shot eighty two times. How the fuck can you like what kind of like bro? The the hardest one was the first one. Right. Or stab somebody, you know, I'm like, listen, the hardest thing to do is the first time. Each subsequent time it gets easier. Right. And it goes with, you know, the drink. Yeah. The drug. Yeah. Yeah. Each, each time you do it, it gets easier. And it, 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 you know, you know, that first, oh, I don't want to do crack. I don't want to do meth. I don't want, you know, I don't want to do, and then you do it. And then you're like, well. But that wasn't so bad. Right. Or, you know, that, that shot, 
or that, you know. But on the flip side, there's positive things too. That first mile on the bike. Right. That second one gets a lot easier. You know, so anything in life, it gets easier as you do it. The problem is, is that it's the negative things in life. Because they're the easiest. Because they're the easiest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're, the second one's easier than the first, and the first one was easier than doing the good thing that was harder. So, right. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, I had a, <laughs> I had a battalion commander um, in 05. He would say, you'll, you'll have two choices during this deployment. You can either push push plates or push up the plates. He's like, and your body will tell on you at the end of this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they, when they have chow four times a day, that's easy. But also, the gym's open 24 hours a day. Not so easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Um, your body will tell on you. He used to say that all the time, but you're right. It's, it's, you know, what sucked is, you know, me walking every day, right? What sucked is that first mile I walked, you know what I mean? It sucked. And, and, uh, you know, now, now the hurdle is if I get to the gym, I'm fine. It's getting to the, you know what I mean? Like if once I get to the gym, I'm absolutely fine to, walk on that track as long as I'm walking that day, but it's getting there. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's, you know, not finding an excuse not to go that day. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and I mean, you know, we, we can get into the, the fucking weeds of, you know, um, self-sabotaging in our vices, right? You know, alcohol is not a good vice drugs. We just talked about, um, fucking and, and overeating, right? I mean, we, we've both, we've both been, uh, accused of, uh, eating one too many, uh, cheeseburgers in our day. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, your little one selling the Girl Scout cookies and I bought like a whole fucking case and there ain't much left. So, you know, right. So, I mean, (laughs) I mean, yeah. So self, self, self sabotage looks the same in, in many different views. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and again, it becomes easier, more widespread, uh, you know, you fan that out to more aspects of your life. Well, I'm only going to self-sabotage myself in my professional life or my personal life or my, you know what I mean? Yep. And now, and now we're self, we're self-sabotaging ourselves in every aspect of life. And, uh, you know, like for me, it's, I let, I didn't take care. I didn't address my mental health stuff early. So I ate my feelings. Right. Now I'm fat because I'm fat. I don't want to not, I I want to not be fat, but I don't want to go through the work to not be fat. So I, okay, well, because I'm fat, I can't do this. Right. And then when the wife's like, Hey, let's do this, this, or this. Well, I can't do that because, you know, like she wants to fly somewhere. I'm not getting my big ass in a fucking airplane seat. Right. And, and so you, those, 
that first self-sabotage makes it easier to do the next one because you can piggyback off the first one. Right. And so then you're like seven fucking sabotages deep and you're blaming it all on that first one. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't know, man, like for, for my life, I've been a big dude. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you that, that fucking picture from, uh, bike and rib fest last year, I'm telling you, bro, it, it fucking slapped me in the goddamn face and I'm like, <clears throat> Holy shit. Like, yeah, it's one of those things where you, you, I step on a scale. I know how much I weigh. I, I know I'm, I weigh more than I ever weighed in my life, but I'm retired. So fuck it. Right. I'm living good. I'm, um, and you know, in some cultures, if you're a big guy, yeah, yeah. That's a sign of wealth and right. fertility and right. all that shit. Right. Not, not in this culture. <laughs> not where I'm living, brother. Uh, <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it was literally, you know, one of those things where I'm like, holy shit. Why didn't tell me someone say you're a fucking fat ass? You you said that right. though. Like, you're like, why didn't you fuckers tell me? I'm like, bro, I thought you knew. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm like, holy fucking shit! Like, I need, I need, you know, because there was a time in my life where I didn't have to cut weight to wrestle. You know, what I mean, I was a naturally big dude, but I didn't, ha- you know, I didn't have to cut weight. I had a great metabolism, and. And, uh, and then we got old and then, yeah, we got old and fucking, you know, I quit. Um, I tell you where I started going downhill and most people started going uphill is I trained like a motherfucker from 1993 to 2003 for combat. I trained like a motherfucker. And then I went to combat in 2003 come back rest train back up to go to to combat in 2005 and i come back and i'm like what the fuck i'm like i'm i just spent you know uh 20 months in combat i haven't ran an accumulative two miles in either fucking deployment Somebody fucking lied to me. <laughs> somebody, My somebody, recruiter lied. Somebody <laughs> fucking lied to me. I've been running two miles fucking Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the entirety of my career for what? You know what I mean? Like, uh, or running five miles or seven miles for some of those uh, company runs we did. Holy fuck. Like, and I came back and I'm like, okay. And I changed my PT. My PT was all battle drills, climbing over walls, fucking fireman's carries and, and uh, running. We we did run still in our fucking flak vests. And, you know, I say flak vests, but they were OTVs. Um, and, and uh, you know, we did battle drill PT, things that we actually did in combat. And, uh, and you know, did my PT scores suffer eh, kind of you know what i mean 
but I didn't, I wasn't a huge weightlifter prior to that. Um, but then that's when, but what, what did suffer was my body weight. And I mean, I needed, I needed to maintain, um, a good structure so that my body didn't blow up. And, you know, I, I went from being, I was always the biggest guy in my company. You know what I mean? I always had to get taped always. Um, but I always had a t- fucking 24 inch neck. So, um, as long as my waist stayed under fucking 40 inches by army standards, I was fucking fit. Yeah. That right? was, that was me. Yeah. So I had, I had a huge fuck. Well, I still have a big neck, but I had a huge fucking neck from the years of wrestling and playing football and, and, and all that. And it was always twice the size or, you know, my waist stayed less than twice the size of my neck. So I was always good. Always made tape. Even though people were like, man, you're a fat ass, right? Later on in my career, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I got fucking, you know, I'm at 18% body fat, bro. You know, like what? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So, you know, again, that's a self-sabotaging, uh, trait. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 you know, so it's, it's, it's part of, this process it's part of the dynamic that we have dealing with dis- uh depression and anxiety and post-traumatic stress and and you know you put a traumatic brain injury on top of that and you're trying to make sense of all that other shit that you can't make sense of uh excuse me and uh but it's it's one of those things where if you take you take a step back, you do a thorough self-assessment, right? And you be honest with yourself. You can't bullshit yourself. And say, "Yep, I did this. Yep." And that's why we can look back on it now and be like, "You know what? That was, I fucked myself. You know what I mean? I fucking threw mine, you know, mine's out there and uh, I, I blew up my career or whatever. And uh, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't blame other people. Um, you know, I don't blame, you know, my ex-wife or my failed marriage. We we each had equal parts in that. I don't blame the army on my, my, my failed outlook on my career. We both had, you know, um, we both had parts in that. My part was, um, more prevalent, you know, and my thing was like, when I left the army after 22 years, it was, it was very, uh, anticlimactic. Give you, give you a little fucking thing signed by the president of the United States thanking you for your fucking service and you salute somebody, you move the fuck on and you're like, God damn, 
That's it. I don't, I don't, now, again, prior to that, I didn't know what I expected, right? Uh, but I was like, fuck, man, that's 22 years of my life. I gave fucking blood, sweat, tears, fucking, you know, uh, and, and bone from my, from my neck and shit for this country. And I got a piece of paper to put on my wall. Appreciate it. Um, and cool license plates. And a cool license. But also, you know, I'm, I'm not, by by feeling that way, I wasn't staying true to myself by saying, well, I don't give a fuck about awards throughout my career. And I didn't. I didn't, you know, I didn't do shit for bullets on my NCOER. I didn't do shit for awards. I didn't do shit. You know, the only thing I wanted is respect from my my seniors, my peers, and my subordinates. As long as I earned your respect, that's all I needed. And as long as, and and if you respected me enough to say, I'm going to give you this mission, just tell me when you're done. That's all I needed, right? From my seniors, my, my, my peers, and my subordinates, you know, Respect me enough to know I'm going to get this motherfucker done. But at the end of the day, I didn't respect myself enough to get the motherfucker done. And that's, and that puts a bow for me on this whole topic is, you know, um, I learn, I'm learning, um, I'm learning not to, uh, self-sabotage my marriage and, and, and it's a, like any other, like any other um, negative trait, right? It's it's a you, you got to take it a day at a time. Yep. Right. You can't say, "Oh, I'm out of the woods," and then you 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 fall on your fucking sword. Um, yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the need, right? I I seen the pain I caused Chrissy. I don't I don't feel the need to share that share that pain with her no more anymore. Um so yeah. So for me it's I, I'm at a point now where I try to verbalize where I'm feeling things, you know, so that Brandy knows instead of letting it fester and then I become destructive. Right. Right. And then, like we, you know, we went, we took Jay to Disney in, in November. We're going on this cruise. Two things that I had no fucking interest in doing whatsoever. But I made the conscious effort to have fun and not blow up the trip for her and Jay. And in the course of the trip, I had some fun. Yeah. So you know, and that's why I told her that with this cruise. I said I, I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm going to make the conscious effort to try to have fun. So that's what I've, I've a, a big part of what I've tried to do now is instead of me making her life miserable because I don't want to fucking do something or I'm miserable, right. I try to force myself to have mandatory fun right. and mandatory fun. It may not be fun for me as much, but the sheer joy that I get to see yeah. from her makes me have fun because I'm not poo-pooing her shit. Right. Right. And, and 
For, I mean, I guess the great thing about it, the cruise is two days. So it's not. And you'll be there. Well, I mean, yeah, that goes without saying. Well, but, I think uh, that's what made me a little more uh, accepting of going. Um, but yeah, but it's two days. You know what I mean? Like I'm worried on the cruise. I'm worried about uh, motion sickness because of my equilibrium. Um, and uh, I never used to have motion sickness problems. Uh, but since the brain injury, I kind of do. Um, so I'm worried about that. So I've, I've taken steps and measures. I got some patches. I got a cool-ass wristband that fucking, I don't know. But uh, so I might look like a uh, fucking hypochondriac when I get on the fucking boat. But um, yeah. But with that being said, it's only two days. I mean, I can embrace that suck. Uh, for two days, but uh, yeah. So it's it's good that you allow yourself to experience things that you normally wouldn't because of the. I don't want to fucking do that. You know what I mean? And and that's what we're saying. Like you don't have to do everything you don't want to do, but you got to do some things you don't want to do, especially if you want a somewhat healthy relationship with other people, you know, like at some point friends are going to quit calling and asking you, uh, and asking you to fucking hang out when you're like, ah, no, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And at some point, they're just going to be like, all right, fuck, I'm going to quit calling you. And then you're going to be like, hey, man, you don't call me no more. Yeah, every time I fucking call you and ask you to go out, you don't want to go out. So why the fuck, you know what I mean? So, and that happens with your spouse as well. Like, you know, you know, she wants to plan things or they want to plan things. And you're like, ah, fuck that. Ah, fuck that. You know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, In an ideal situation, yeah, like, fuck. I don't want to do this. But now that I have to do this, we're going to make the most of it. You know what I mean? And uh, so, I mean, you know. And I think we all see, you know, it. this trip ain't for us. <laughs> it's for our, our wives. So, um, and the great thing about it is, that, um, you know, we're, we're in it together. We're embracing this suck together. So, um, they like to hang out together. We like to hang out together. So it, and, and, you know, we'll be on a fucking big ass boat. So, yeah, I mean, really just to tie it all up, it's, you know, like every topic we talk about here, you know, you said it earlier, destructive behaviors, self-sabotage, whatever you want to call it. It's like every other mental health thing that we discuss, you have to own it. You have to own the responsibility of it. You have to recognize it and you have to want to fix it for you. And until that happens, you're going to continue to fuck yourself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just take ownership. That's, you know, and I'm telling you my life the change in my life started when I took ownership. You know, when I seen the things that I'm like, 
I'm not, I'm not happy with this. Why am I not? Well, I'm not happy with that because of my role. It ain't no one else. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bad mouth anyone that played a part in my unhappiness. I'm unhappy with myself because I allowed myself to be in those situations, to be unhappy and, and things of that nature. We encourage your feedback and want to hear your stories. Hit us up, whiskeywillswounds.com. You'll find links to our social media and email. Remember, everyone deployed around the world, those still missing in action and prisoners of war, the homeless veterans in this country, and those veterans lost to suicide each year. Find a reason, not an excuse. Thank you for listening. See you next time.